Welcome to Regulars Anonymous. With host, Zachary Landry. Sitting down with the people who are standing in line behind you at the grocery store. And hearing what they have to say. Has it started or what? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fake comedy show, nice. Yeah. Oh, well, that it. How was your morning? Uh... It's fun, yeah. Like, I just barely woke up and um, this is the first thing in the morning. So, yeah, fun. And I like this cute little place you have. Thanks, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's been fun hanging out here. Yeah, I'll buy something like this. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta retire or something like this. Yeah. Need like, it. this is one of my dreams. Like, have cool little spots all over the world. Especially in India. India, because India is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just for like this year, I want to vacation over here. This year, I want to vacation over here. And don't have to worry about all the arrangements. Just know I have properties at cool locations. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my goals. Let's see when I reach there. Do you, do you go back to India often? No. No. No, like... <clears throat> so, I came to uh, Canada in 2015 fall. Mm-hmm. And right after one year, I went back to India. And then things happened in my life. So I had to leave Canada and go back to India once again in 2019, December. And so I was stuck in India for during COVID. And now I'm here and I'm not leaving until... Like, I was joking to a friend. Yeah, I'll come back to India. Uh, it, will be, it will be my comedy tour. Oh. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So is... How's it work with? Are, are you trying to get citizenship here then? Yeah, fair enough. Are you PR? No, I'm oh. an international international student at this point. Oh, okay, but yeah, I want to get citizenship. Fair enough. Yeah, like that's it's it's sort of it's it's more like one headache off the table. Yeah, one less thing to think yeah, about. Like Canada doesn't have a lot to offer, but it does have a really good basic. Like for an average person, the basic lifestyle is pretty good. Yeah. But if you want to experience the world to the fullest, uh, it doesn't have a lot to offer. No. In the sense of like, <clears throat> like ideally I would love to have citizenship from multiple countries. Especially or like I want to, before coming here, I was like, I want to be able to uh, if I want to go, like, say I want to go to India tomorrow, right now I should have enough in my bank account. I book a business class mm-hmm. and just fly. Yeah. Like, right tomorrow. Don't have to worry about shit. And if I want to come back, just anytime I want to. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go through that men- mental length. Like, I, I know we can sort of convince ourselves, but I would rather not worry about that shit. Yeah, just remove it, the, yeah. the worry from the table. Yeah, like, have enough money that money is not an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm perfectly, like, in, uh, uh, I was hanging out with my sisters and brother-in-law, and we had this, oh, we have the happiness figured out. We we already have the struggle story ready. We're just waiting for the money. Mm-hmm. And we are content with, like, I'm content with the life, but uh, you can be content and still want more. Yeah. Yeah. Working towards more. Yeah, like, you shouldn't, it's it's sort of like you shouldn't uh, 
feel bad about not having it. You should still enjoy it to the fullest, but still know that there's a lot more. Yeah, there's always always more in life. Yeah, in any any direction that you pursue, like collect a shit ton of cool stories. Yeah, absolutely. like meeting you is a, another fun story for me. <laughs> I like that you started calling people nerds. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my my catchphrase is the B word, which is. <clears throat> a bitch yeah like <laughs> please don't tell me your catchphrase is actually the b word I'm saying the b word <laughs> no that like uh, that's how i call my friends hey bitch what's up yeah yeah but you don't say the b word you call him a bitch yeah the bitch <laughs> like I, and t- uh, the the thing with the thing which white people don't understand is like the, the people who are not white yeah. we have no issues about your issue like we have no clue about your struggles and all that shit yeah. And if I'm saying anything, it's out of ignorance. It's not like I'm trying to be rude, but I just, I have no fucking clue why something is offensive. Sometimes I use a word because, not because it's, I want to be offensive. I have no other word in my vocabulary for that. Mm. Uh, like, I'm not, uh, if, if this is risky, just edit this part, okay? If what I'm about to say. Okay. Uh, like, uh, one joke which I have got booed at, had the word, uh, dwarf in it uh yeah dwarf chick and i know that word because i have washed a lot of drinks and all that shit that's that's it's i just know two words yeah. okay to in the best like to know the right words the, these are only two words midget and dwarf okay mm-hmm. i know for sure midget is offensive but I didn't know dwarf is offensive and when i got booed at i was like oh i didn't know this was offensive I knew it, the joke is risky, but I didn't know that's the word which will get attention. I think it depends on the crowd. Yeah. Because like, there were people who loved that joke. And, like, it, it was a really polarizing joke. Good. Uh, that means it's probably a good joke. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what's going on? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Yeah. See, see for me, <laughs> for all the English literature I have ever came across, that's an okay word for me. Yeah. I like it was that day. I was like, "Oh, I maybe and, I." Sh- and I think it depends who you're talking to. Like, if you got a dwarf friend or a little person friend, it's just kind of go by what they have. And I think it also cool depends with. on the way you say it because Nor- Norman McDonald, Norm McDonald, he says really random shit. Oh yeah. And he just is, his expressions are like, I have no clue what's going on with the word, but I'll say this. Yeah. Yeah. Norm was also, he's perfect for that because he didn't give a shit. Yeah. And you just go, this is it. Love it or hate it. It's like, he's just no filters. Mm. He's just saying what's coming to his mind. Which I think is important because it's impossible to make everyone like you yeah and i think a lot of people are trying they try to make everyone like them you go into a situation you're like "Ooh, i don't i don't want to necessarily bomb in this room or there's someone here that i want to impress and so you try to play it cool yeah and then it just ends up being so watered down where you can feel that it's Ah, uh, yes, there is humor here. It just doesn't move me. Yeah. 
<laughs> like you have made it so safe that it's like okay like it's it's funny but something's missing mm-hmm. yeah and somewhere i'm kind of guilty of that like when i work on the jokes uh i have i try to make them fail proof in a sense mm-hmm. like i want to find angles that it just lands mm. like uh with a, a bomb joke uh someone told and this is a, this is a real incident someone to actually told me i'm not brown enough and i used that as a material and then if someone doesn't laugh at that then i add the so technically you decide how much brown i have to be to get racially profiled it covers a different angle mm-hmm. and if someone doesn't get that then i hit the uh okay i'll do tech support jokes yeah so it covers a lot of angles so it's sort of like a fail proof joke that's the best is when your jokes can have layers in them yeah and i i appreciate seeing you do that as a new comic <laughs> it, it happened by accident i guess like uh someone uh, like a lot of terminologies are new to me like the tight five mm-hmm. i think i asked you what's a tight five yeah 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 you heard people throw saying that but yeah. you had no idea what they meant like, like this monday i did the shotgun introduction i was like oh, okay that's a new word for me okay yeah yeah i didn't know like i have i had seen it but i didn't know the terminology and with the tight five i thought i had to speak on the same topic so i tried to make it like i had tried to take my different jokes and connect to the connect them to the brown thing well okay yeah and it later i got to know oh i can do different jokes you can do whatever you want <laughs> i didn't know that like it was my first time <laughs> i was like okay this is my first time getting paid to perform and this is my first fight tight tight five i just don't want to screw this up like i was like and when i the day i did the set so i was more prepared than i thought i need to mm-hmm. so it felt really relaxed because i was preparing for to be really professional keep it exactly 5 minutes you know sort of get not overdo it not underdo it mm-hmm. and yeah when you say not overdo it or underdo it what do you mean by that like i don't want to go over f- like 5 to 6 minutes oh, okay to yeah, six, yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah i don't mean, want to yeah, like yeah yeah no your time Dude, yeah. if you can nail that and just when someone asks you, "Hey, can you do 5? Can you do 10? Can you do 7?" Yeah. and you get those it's like the price is right. Get as close as you can without going over. That, that, that's that's another thing which I have realized like uh not just in comedy everywhere consistency is uh how do I say it? Consistency is more appreciated than talent. Mm. Yes. Like uh the tanya who gave me the chance to perform thank you to her uh, she was like i like it's not about the jokes it's not about how much laugh you can make it you have to be professional if you come there you can't be like i'll try new stuff and like yeah thank you thank you yeah <laughs> like you are a professional once you come there i want consistency and it's the same thing which i have realized of working as a developer it's not like i now nowadays i work with new developers who are trying to show off uh, how much i have learned how many different things i can understand and i'm like all the things you are tr- writing what makes you think other people know this like code anything you write it has to be maintainable mm-hmm. so if i can't maintain it improve it over time it's shit for me 
<laughs> you are making it harder for me like you are learning things i get it i have been there uh, it, it it feels fun to learn and get paid yeah but consistency like you work with the team yes it's it's not just you it's a collective effort and and that's an important thing on a comedy show that not enough comics pay attention to cuz a lot of people are selfish yeah. when it, when it comes to their time on the show and not understanding that you you look at the big picture yeah whatever spot that you're playing on the show play that spot if you're open opening don't try to host yeah or do a headline set you know it, it's simple things that you seem to pick up on <laughs> have already picked up on <laughs> which will carry you a, a long way, man. Thank you. Is that people do appreciate that. And the analogy that I like to use is the comedy show is, well, you came over to the house and we had that fire that night. Yeah. Right. The comedy show is a lot like a fire, a bonfire where the, you know, your, your host for the evening is kind of like the kindling or, or the, the guy who kind of controls the fire. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Let, let's it make sure the crowd. Exactly. Exactly. But like, let's, well, we got to make sure that we have something to start it with. You know, we've got some kindling chopped up yeah. and we can get it just going nicely. Right. Something, mm-hmm. a consistent base. And then ideally your next comic comes in and they have the appropriate size log yeah. to place on the fire to build it next. Yeah, because if you put a big log at the wrong time, you ruin the whole fire. It fucks it up. Yeah. And then what happens? The host has to come back in, pull that log out yeah. of there, and start over. And they have to sort of re-engage the audience to put them in the right mindset. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're basically starting from scratch again. Yeah. And so the fact that you, you you're already picking up on it's not just about you it is fucking dope man yeah and uh, like it's the same thing which i realized with improv as well i like i feel like people can learn a lot of less people are good at learning a lot of lessons they are just shitty at trans- following through no 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 <laughs> no transferring the learned lessons from one domain to the another okay yes like yeah. uh with improv uh it's everything made on the spot mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a, such a useful skill. And with comedy, to be able to get into a room and make everyone laugh, you don't have to maintain maintain that quality just in the comedy room. Uh, normal interaction or just uh, if you're within strangers, like to be able to make them laugh. And that's a, like transfer those skills to other domains. And if, even in improv, it's like, listen learn and it's you don't try to be funny you are uh making the holes it's like again it's a collective group it's a collective creation it's not your creation you're trying you're not trying to show i'm the best you're trying to show what we are building is best and yeah and uh, these lessons one thing which i have realized is the good lessons in life they are multiple multi-domain Mm-hmm. These applies to love life. In, uh, improv, you can pretty much listen, uh, absorb, and react 
you can transfer this to love life you can use the same lessons for business you can use the same lesson for comedy like as long as you know where to how can i know what i already know and use it in this new setting yeah good. that's what people like good lessons in life build character yeah and the the further you can develop your character the more applicable you'll be in any situation yeah yeah where do you feel you're lacking um <clears throat> i think uh like i uh so i don't know if this is with all of the people but even if i'm taking a random walk my brain can just think of jokes mm-hmm. like just random things so like past 10 sets i have just been doing new jokes just new jokes and i think for the next 10 one i'll try to get another 10 tight five and the part where i'm lacking is i don't know my own mistakes mm-hmm. like uh the way you mentioned that i take off my mic to give a sort of i remove my mic from my mouth to sort of give a hint that the joke is over i wasn't doing it intentionally but it was a mistake mm-hmm. so i just don't know what my mistakes are now uh, i think it's the unknown unknowns yeah yeah that's where i'm lacking like sometimes i just want to after the set hey just go to random comics i won't take the 100% of the advice but i still want everyone's opinion do you think there was something i can improve do you think there was something i can improve but the introvert in me is like i don't want to bother them yeah well man don't be afraid to uh don't get in your own way yeah ask cuz i guarantee you <laughs> comics will always have something to to pick Yeah, <laughs> something to critique on what you did, but it, it, it's figuring out who who to ask from, I guess. Like the late latest thing which I realized, which I wasn't doing, and I'm gonna try to do is uh, towards the end of it's such an obvious thing towards the end joke. Uh, get like start picking up the mic stand. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I finish the jokes and. then i pick up the mic stand and set it up but what i have seen britney or uh, sean hogan uh, do is or taylor uh, towards the end joke they pick up the mic stand they start assembling they start putting the mic into the mic stand toward while telling the last joke which i was like okay that makes sense yeah, because then you can leave the stage immediately yeah. and it's all there's no awkward pause kind of thing to reset no Yeah. Well, everything's Because as smooth as possible and as it should be. It's like uh riding the laugh. Yes. Like you you want to get off stage as people are laughing. Exactly because that creates that maintains the momentum yeah for the host. Cuz I think personally if you're hosting a show, it should be kind of binary after uh after you set up the show and you open it up and you set everyone up whether or not the first comic did really well if they did really well keep the momentum going you're walking off stage as the crowd still still laughing yeah all right ladies and gentlemen let's keep this rolling bring up your next person it makes your job easier if everyone else is doing well yeah right versus did this person do what they were supposed to do Yes, the crowd's laughing. All right, let's bring up the next comedian immediately so that they can maintain that momentum. Yeah. 
And if you leave on a stinker and you go, all right, well, now I got to go up there for two minutes. <laughs> and the, those few seconds do actually count. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, like laughter dies like that. Yeah. Yeah, the social dynamics of the whole comedy scenes are... like the Last time we were talking about on, on the bonfire, the economics of uh, stand-up comedy, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more you realize... Like the more I'm working at the stand-up comedy, there are so many variables to fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many ways. You you can literally do the same set with exactly same tone, with exactly same delivery, and still one set will kill and another will bomb. Because there are just so many variables. Uh, on one Monday, I remember, and I I. I want to get good at this. Like, I think I feed off on the energy of the crowd. So if the crowd is a little bit depressing, my energy also goes down. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, mm, on Wednesdays, there's a comic, uh, sorry, there's a rapper, pro- Prototype. What I love about him is his crowd work. He just gets the crowd going. He gets into the crowd. He makes them engage. And I I want to work at that. Like, get let people in and be part of the joke like just even if they're not feeling the energy just build it Mm -hmm. and if you can build that energy i think like as i said i feed off on that energy unconsciously if if the room is depressing i'm uh, i i even in in my mad in my head i go like yeah let me just try new jokes and not give a fuck about if they laugh or not but if the crowd is good i want to make sure they have a good night yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, like it's it's a it's a weird balance. Like I don't give a fuck, but I do give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the trickiest part about it. Yeah. Like I I will try my best that you're you 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 laugh a lot at this is a good night, but if you don't fuck off. It's it's a weird balance to maintain. Well, I think it's that's the exchange, right? Yeah. Yo, listen, I'm actually going to try but to make sure that you have a good time. Yeah. But if you're just not down for it, why'd you show up? Yeah. You know, you got to be, even the crowd should be uh, a little forgiving in their own, whatever they fucking think should be happening. Yeah. Because some people go into a show with such bizarre and particular expectations that it's immutable for them to enjoy themselves yeah. No matter what's happening, even if everyone else is laughing. And, and the shitty part part is those the, those few people have no clue what they're doing wrong. No. Like uh in the upstreet show this happened, there were two ladies and they kept heckling the comedians. Yeah. And the whole crowd is laughing at them and they just have no clue. And I think uh, that also comes out of ignorance because uh, before trying stand-up comedy, I had I had no clue what is open mic. So I I am pretty sure a lot of uh, people walk into an open mic thinking it's a set. Yeah. But then they see uh it's an open mic like some stuff's working, some is not, and that's when they go like, yeah, this doesn't match my expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and 
and i think we need to do a better job at communicating that like i love britney's show for this because she lets people know in a funny way some things are going to be shitty and some things are going to be really hilarious it's open mic we are trying stuff and some things might work some things might not like and so before okay i have been writing jokes for a couple of years i started doing comedy this year but i've been writing concepts or things which i can make jokes about for a couple of years uh, so i would uh, send text to my couple of friends uh, my initial drafts and the initial drafts can be very edgy and i the the people who don't know me well enough uh, or i thought they knew me uh, i i have been unintentionally offended them because it's it's hard to explain this is a concept in work i i know this can be offensive but I, do you get that there's a, there's something mm-hmm. there's something there and some people get and some some of my friends really get it some people some people have no clue what is dark jokes well man i think that makes me think of when people say they have a good sense of humor I believe that they're using it wrong because a lot of people, when they just say, oh, t- hit me with anything, I've got a good sense of humor. Oh, fuck. They say that they'll, they'll, they're willing to laugh at a lot versus I think what a sense of humor actually is, is more like a spider sense. It's your ability to discern where the humor is coming from. Yeah. So if you, like people... And I'm sure it's happened to you or it will happen to you when people find out that you're a comic, they'll tell you some street joke. You won't laugh at it. Yeah. And they'll go, isn't that funny? And you'll go, I understand why it's funny. Why you think it's funny. Yeah. But like even you'll know, yeah, why the humor falls into place like dominoes. Yeah. But it's it. There's no reaction from you because your sense of humor is so developed that you look for obscure shit in obscure places yeah. to pull that out. So I, I know what you're saying that they didn't, they don't get that there is a, there is something there. Like uh, recently, my sort of line which I've been using is, uh, like I don't know how you missed that point so many times. <laughs> like it's it's not about what I'm making the concept that I'm laughing at. It's the angle which is more funny mm-hmm. it, it, like it's it's hard to exp- explain like and uh, when you're talking about uh when people say oh i can handle some dark shit i go like no like i i have done that mistake where i just trusted that next person's words and then when i hit them with that shit no it doesn't land and it's i the best part about jokes is uh you can call out a lot of people's bullshit yeah because it's like it's funny as long as you don't uh make make jokes on my beliefs that's the classic uh most people yeah like it's funny but uh, mm, let's keep my beliefs out of the jokes yeah it it gets them working and it's too easy yeah it's it's too easy like 
Yeah. Because you'll see it. You'll be fine, fine. People will be laughing, 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 laughing. Next joke, no. Yeah. Nothing is funny anymore. <laughs> Nothing you say is funny. And the other shitty part is, uh, I think, weirdly, society has decided what's okay to laugh at publicly. Like, so uh, mm-hmm. I have this joke which I'm working on, which is on LGBTQ community. And I start that joke not with LGBTQ. I start that with uh, a jo- that my joke about um, Chat GPT is so creative, I wonder who molested it. Mm. <laughs> I start that joke with that because... <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny incident about that joke as well. Like, uh, so ch- the way it's it's a, it's actually a two part joke. Okay, the first part is this. The second part is if you know how AI models are trained, technically they are making money out of other people's bad childhood mm-hmm. because the data which they collected yeah comes from that yeah. So ChatGPT is being a creative at the expense of someone else's bad childhood. But if you, like, you need to know computer science to get that joke. So I always call it, the people who get the first half of the joke never get the second half. The people who get second half never get the first half. And I'm like, where's my crowd at? <laughs> so yeah, I was talking about the joke about LGBTQ. Uh, so I do one j- joke about racism, one joke about child molestation, and then I hit hit them with the LGBTQ uh, because I got booed at that joke. I now I structured it that that way just to say that oh that's where you draw the line. Mm-hmm. There was a joke about racism, child molestation, and you draw the line at pronouns, and that's called like reverse guilt, bitches. Yeah, I like that you say jokes about racism jokes about child molestation because i think that's where a lot of writers fuck up is they'll make a racist joke oh no or a child molestation joke versus jokes about yeah and that that is a a, or an lgbtq joke versus a joke about and it doesn't seem like a big difference but it makes all the difference it's it's the differences i think uh you want the conversation going about that topic yes instead of laughing at the topic yes and dude (laughs) (laughs) you're on it (laughs) like that's the that's i that's the beauty of the comedy i think you can make people laugh at the most fucked up shit uh because like i it baffles me how many things uh about the society I have came across not through news but through comedy mm-hmm. news won't touch those things no news are, news outlets are so filtered they are so moderated that the comedians are much better at covering different topics and get the conversation going than news uh, that that that's just fucked up about the society I guess mm-hmm. I and I, I find, too, if there's a, th- those hard topics to talk about, that realistically, if someone's making jokes about those situations, people get upset about them versus realizing that this person is 
probably more understanding yeah. than most people actually are and are actually willing to have a conversation that a lot of society just wants to brush under the rug and kind of forget about. Uh, I like to say that uh, the jokes about stereotypes are okay because it uh, only a person who has put in the time to know the culture can actually make jokes about them. Absolutely. Like, uh, if, uh, if if you can make a joke about, like, if I can make a joke about white people, about the different kind of white people, it means I know there are different kind of white people, which is a foreign concept to me just before a couple of years. Mm. Uh, it's the same thing with brown people or Asian people or anything. Uh, what, what we, a lot of people fail to recognize is there's a lot of variety within a race group as well. I'm pretty sure there are different kind of black people and they hate each other. There are different kind of brown people. We sure hate each other. Like we don't really get along on the best terms. Same things. I I, I was talking to someone with a similar concept of there are different kind of white people and they don't get along as well. There's a lot of bad blood within the same race as well. I know. So you need to know about that culture to actually make joke at, find the right angles to make jo- jokes about them. Like that just means that the person is actually willing to learn. And to me, that's a good thing. It means they're probably actually the, the, the idea that people should just hang out with people with the same color skin is ridiculous. Yeah. Because the, like you're saying, the subsex within those don't even like themselves. Yeah. And then not realizing that there's a lot more to people than just the way they look. Yeah. Their willingness to actually communicate and share interests and hobbies and perspective and and respect each other based on those things, not just on what they look like. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if you heard about Tim Urban. Uh, he has a nice blog, No uh, Wait But Why. And it's basically, if you know any person long enough, you realize they are human. Yeah. <laughs> there's no good, there's no bad. We all fuck up. We all have good moments. We are just all humans. Yeah, I think it was Christopher Hitchens who said, I encourage everyone to travel to see the differences and realize how similar we are. Yeah. Like even on the bon- bonfire, when I mentioned this, when you guys were talking, I just realized like country boys or village boys are basically same everywhere. Yeah. And across cultures, men just want time to be boys. Yeah. We are all just dumping on in like we like it's 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 <laughs> ridiculous how similar we are, but so many differences. Here's another example on the on the contrary side of it. Uh, the previous interview with my brother, he talks about just fighting guys from town because they didn't go to the same high school. <laughs> and that was the basis of <laughs> why they should fight. <laughs> like, I think uh, it, it's, it's a weird, cons- like, pe- people, like, how do I say it? Uh, with, okay, within India, okay? Uh, pe- I think people find a reason to unite and find something common to hate as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when, like uh, the movie Watchmen, there's a concept which is like a superhero goes supervillain just 
to become the greatest supervillain because he can't think of any other way to unite the humanity. Mm-hmm. It's when they have a collective thing to hate, they just group together and they just like, uh, uh, how do I say it? Within India, people have people fight over religion, over different. You are from this state, you are from that province, all that stuff. But the moment you leave India, it's like now we are just both Indians. And the rest, people, rest of the world are our enemy, sort of. Not enemy, but they are, they are them, and we are us. And they are just finding that what's the next most place where I can feel is part of my identity. And mm-hmm. uh, like it's it's weird. Like it's it's such an obvious thing. And if uh, like there are so many obvious things, I think which people have just get we would be a little bit the word would be a little, little bit more peaceful yeah people would be more tolerant yeah i hate people in, in in a correct sense yeah a lot more people need to be a little bit more tolerant yeah so like i love i <laughs> i joke about like i love having a diverse group of friends but you have to be from that country I don't want you, oh, yeah. I, I don't want yeah. your parents to be in Canada and then you're born in Canada and raised in Canada. It's like yeah. no, 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 no. You need to be where you're from. Yeah. Because then you get the the fullest experience. Uh a good buddy but out in Red Deer, he's from Kenya. And listening to just his perspectives on things, on um, on the word African American or Afro Canadian, because he's here trying to get citizenship. So he wants to be Canadian, but he's just just African, and he gets pissed off when people in in, in the states or in Canada refer to themselves as a- African. Okay. You know, he goes, "No, no, no, you're you, you, no, no, you don't get to say that." No, no, no. But you, then, but then to also listen to him shit talk Nigerians, it's just <laughs> <laughs> you go. There's so much. It, it's so much deeper than what people experience on the day-to-day in their lives. And, and that's why it's important to go talk to or uh, my buddy in Calgary. He's from China. And just listening to like his experiences, you go, you need to get those first-hand <laughs> perspectives. Uh, last night, uh, like it's almost similar topic, but a different conversation. It's like, I want to try Indian, Indian food. Mm-hmm. Not Indian food made for white people (laughs) that's such a subtle but important (laughs) distinction like someone there's a guy from texas ricky lee saying amazing he was asked like i want to try mex like i want to try the good uh tacos not the tacos they make over here like they those are not really taco tacos i want to like again mexican mexican yeah food. there was a a chick that i was hanging out with in edmonton and she lived in mexico for three years and she like lived in a cave or something <laughs> she was crazy she was awesome man uh but our the date situation was we would go out to different taco places every tuesday taco tuesday whatever meet yeah. up once a week go out and grab the stuff and she would shit talk the tacos at each place that she lived or or that we went and then it ended with 
at her place. She made me like a good she's taco. Like, she's like, I learned how to make these like in the heart of Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, this is proud. And yeah, it's very different. Yeah. There are a lot more flavors and like you can tell that there's reference. Yeah. The, the effort that went in. I couldn't believe this show. I appreciated that meal so much, man. The effort that goes into that stuff. Oh, man. But that's and, it. We, it we, I feel like we get such a, a watered-down experience from what the rest of the world has to offer or, yeah. or what's actually going on. I think it's the issue. Uh, I, I have this saying, if you are willing to listen the truth, people will tell you the truth. Mm. And I think it's the similar with uh, people want to share their experiences, but they're afraid of how they will be judged because that's that's happening a lot. Uh, even Ryan, like I get this phrase a lot. Uh, I like that you're always honest. You say what's on your mind. You don't filter your thoughts. And in my mind, I'm going like, these are filtered thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, they are brutally honest even right now, but these are filtered. Yeah, these are these are diluted so that you can still yeah. handle them. Like no, these like <laughs> like that non-existent uh, group which you have uh, that chat which doesn't exist. That's those are the unfiltered thoughts. <laughs> That chat with your one or two buddies, which shouldn't ever go out in public. Yeah, those are the unfiltered thoughts, <laughs> because they they know they know I'm not coming from a bad point. Uh, but they get the idea. They don't fo- focus on the words. They get the idea behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. The idea, the intention. And uh, talking about the diverse uh, friends group, this is something which I'm consciously trying to do because when i lived in surrey uh i just made brown friends i just made brown friends and that's something which i'm doing less of now first of all there are not a lot lot of brown people over here and especially not from punjab uh but now i'm trying to have diverse friend group as much as possible uh i have made friends who are gay who's a drag queen who's uh lived all one person has been uh, what do you call it? Uh, sugar, like he's a guy, but the guy version of Sugar Baby, like it's such a diverse. Like Bab Babas is a good place to hang out because there's all sorts of people. Yeah, yeah, and like Bab, I haven't hung out at a lot of places, con and like deliberately to keep myself focused. But Babas has become like sort of a weekly routine for me. Good man, you need that weekly. Your it's your weekly gym. It's your comedy place. Yeah, right. It's the most important place for you for in, in the beginning to have something that's consistently there. Yeah, and that you actually consistently enjoy going to. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it, man. That's fucking dope. And yeah, Papa's is dope. Always has been dope. So. These are the it's awkward a- pauses. This isn't even that awkward, man. <laughs> I think they're like awkward, awkward that pauses. That was like are, three seconds. <laughs> awkward pauses are so important, man. Like people can't sit quietly. No. They need stimulation. I often get shit, my, shit a lot by my friends. It's not like you have a lot going on and 
I go like, yeah, that's my design. I I earned this, okay? I earned this free time. <laughs> I made sure that there is free time in my life. Yeah, man. It's not like I have nothing going on. It's intentional. <laughs> that's it. And you you can't do that because you can't sit like that. Uh, I, uh, the one thing one thing which I love about COVID is that's what people realized. Yeah. They can't sit. They always need something to do. They always need something to do. They can't sit with themselves. No. No. Most people, I don't think, like themselves enough to sit with themselves. I think that's uh, uh, the issue there, in my opinion, is how the relation which they have with their thoughts. Yes. You you need to... And so... One of my ex I was talking to, she pointed out, uh, okay, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, one, I put up a story which was about uh, only if people stopped having sex with 50 plus people before getting married. I wrote down what a wild thought. And one of my ex messaged me, oh, f- fancy coming from you, who said such such and such. And I was like, don't ever go on my thoughts. I say the most fucked up shit, but I don't act on it. That's that's the difference. Your thoughts don't make you, it's your actions. It's okay to think of fucked up shit as long as you know, uh, as long as you know, it doesn't make you a bad person unless you act on it. Yeah. It, it's a different kind of dy- di- relation with your thoughts. People, I don't even think, pay that even that much attention <laughs> to it. <laughs> people are just jumping, rushing through life. I think I think there's a, some people out there who have terrible thoughts, and then they try to get as close as to the line to pulling it off without <laughs> going over so that they can maintain some sense of not being a bad person. But they'll stick that toe in just because... Well, yeah, like I have been in that situation where just thinking of a bad situation, bad scenario, uh, I I judged myself, people judged me. How can you even think of that? Because I did. Yeah, like <laughs> now I go like, what's wrong with thinking about that? Yeah. As long as you don't act out it, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, I, I would even in- encourage people to do those things mental exercises because it tells you where your boundaries are okay one of my issue with people is a lot of people who um, preach boundaries and all that shit is I go like most likely you don't know your boundaries well like they're not well defined it's not about well defined it's about the first time you got to know that boundary exists was when someone else triggered it. Mm-hmm. If you know it beforehand, what your boundaries are, it's the conversation goes more smoothly. It's much easier to maintain your composure and just let the person know, hey, I, I get it, uh, but I'm un- uncomfortable right now. So it would, I'm like, I'm, I can't impose on you, but I would like it if you don't put it like that or say that. But what ends up happening is someone does something which in that moment you realize you're not okay with it and 
uh, the flight or fight response kicks in and people react badly to it because even and they go like yeah you're crossing my boundary and most likely the first time that boundary is crossed they didn't know it it existed it's funny what a heartbreak can teach people if you like i think anything can teach people a lot but if you constantly think <laughs> yeah if you spend time with yourself you spend yeah. enough time to get to know yourself and you be, you accept and become comfortable with who you are and what you are then it just going back to it, it becomes easier to accept other people yeah and kind of goes back to a good way to develop a, a diverse group of friends and tolerance and tolerance is first of all accepting you yourself but then just accepting other people as they are and then use what whatever their actions may be to to find where they fit into your life yeah uh, that's one thing which i struggle with uh, i have a very trusting nature mm -hmm. so that i trust words easily yeah uh, one thing which like okay so one complaint my one of my complaint with the word is uh, for the longest time i sort of heard what people didn't like and i made myself into uh, the good version in a way of what they wanted to see no uh, yes and no yes in the sense uh, because they were good principles no uh, i like oh do i give a fuck about people yes and no depends on the circumstances all and all i tried not to but i was good at it previously but i was since coming back from india i, I need to rebuild that muscle uh, but what was i talking about Oh man. Uh Pick, picking out characteristics and working on them. Yeah, so like one one thing which a basic example is honesty is the best policy. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to be honest and like <clears throat> people say they want a lot of people in their life who tell the truth but they are not ready for it. Yeah. So I sort of uh saw that yeah telling the truth is a good thing and people like that quality in people around them so i sort of trained myself to tell the truth as much as possible and again good principle but that's how i picked what to what good principles are mm -hmm. and but eventually what i realized was pe people on people people's words and their actions don't match up no and people people love that consistency people love a person whose actions and words match up and i try my best that they my words and my actions are on the same level uh, i'm still working on it like on in different domains businesses i still need to work on it relationships i'm good at it uh, i haven't been in relation for long but now i try to how do i say it i try to match my words with my th if i say something like if i if i give you my word i mean it mm. i don't say i promise a lot because promise is a strong word for me so if i use it i will keep my word so and these are just common things and what uh so one 
shitty thing I realized was people are not good with people tell you what they want but that's not really what they want and that's where I struggle with social situations a lot because I trust the words and when their actions don't match up uh, so I'm learning more and more to focus on the actions not as much on the words mm-hmm. like I just <clears throat> action words are intentions but actions are ultimately yeah. it's about actions yeah it's an action in play yeah i want to trust your intention. intention in play yeah i action. want to trust your intent trust your words but mm, like for me it's a lot of people need uh their boundaries on negative parts of their life for me it's i want boundaries on my positive aspects because i trust easily that's not the greatest thing it's it's a good thing but there needs to be wet, a wedding process yeah. uh for me like i have a huge tolerance but then it backbites me uh i do i try to help a lot of people but sometimes i do have certain expectations so now i try to sort of not help a lot of people because i know now before i didn't have any expectations so what would happen is i would just give 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 and have no little no time for me or when i needed support there would be no one mm-hmm. so it's from for me it's like putting brakes on the positive ex- aspects of me because anything in excess is not good yeah and there's when you're honest and you're just being honest with people there's a, a level of trust yeah that you're putting out there that you hopefully want to receive as well because i i've been in similar situations where i like i try to live what you see is what you get as much as possible and that's bitten me in the ass but from that i've learned too on where to kind of temper that back like you're saying put the brakes on yeah and it i think that's just part of learning how to do that correctly yeah and uh, i i I I want to make one thing clear. It's not about n- not giving. It's more about I want to know what I can expect from people. Mm-hmm. I, like if you don't like I'll still help you as long as I know what I can expect back from you. If you're saying you can uh, you won't ever give return anything back and I still I there's a nice chance I'll still help you, but I need to know what my what can I expect back. Mm-hmm. I want I want to know that consistency like who can i call if if i ever need something yeah yeah and the issue arises when you call someone and they don't return it like uh, when you expect something and you don't get it that's where something happens uh, i still care about the person but now i need to change my beliefs around that single thing okay i still care for you but when it comes to expecting something from you i shouldn't do that mm-hmm. it's like readjusting your world views yeah and expectations are a tricky thing to juggle because it, it's <sighs> expectations are mostly in the people's mind yeah exactly a lot of people's expectations are let down because they're not good at communicating them no no i remember a chick telling me she goes relationships fail because of expectations it's uh and there's a sub like there's a 
read between the words to that line mm-hmm. it's the inability inability to communicate because to communicate you need tolerance yeah it's 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 really like my issue with a lot of people is uh it's it's really hard to offend me so what ends up happening in a lot of interactions in my life is i'm always the one who's offending others and so when the conversation goes like oh yeah you're always offending me i go like it's not that i'm always offending you it's like you can't offend me yeah i'm pretty sure you are saying a lot of things which are which even you will receive in offending offensive way but it, it they just don't phase me yeah like what i have tried my best that i don't let words hurt me and it's not that you are so good compared to me it's just yeah like you are just easier to offend compared to me it doesn't necessarily mean i'm saying anything bad all the time and it's it's hard thing to explain to others thank you for listening to this episode of regulars anonymous if you want to find out more about our guests please check the bio below for all their links and information thank you for supporting by subscribing and following the show i might see you out there and have no idea who you are 